It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us today. And uh, today we are going to be bringing you another interview. So got a great conversation coming your way in just a little bit. But uh, you're probably wondering why it's just me doing all the talking. Kevin is off on a uh, missions trip in the Dominican Republic. He and uh, his church kind of partner with a church down there. And so they've made their church has made several trips and Kevin's been down there with a few of them. And so he and his wife are down there right now uh, serving and loving on the people in the Dominican Republic. So I'm here doing some interviews and trying to hold down the fort while he's gone. Don't worry, he will be back in the very near future. But in the meantime, we still have some great interviews we wanted to bring your way. And so uh, today we've got an interview with Kyle Prusina from Parables, and he's uh, the singer on the Parables Project, which you can uh, find out more information about on uh, the GardenCityProject.com. And uh, today we just want to jump right into this interview, and we'll let the interview speak for itself and uh, let you uh, find out more information about Kyle Prusina today. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to another interview. We've got a great uh, lineup of interviews coming your way every single week here on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And today, I'm sure, will prove to be no exception. We've got Kyle uh, from Parables, and he's going to be sharing with us a little bit. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. And if you will, would you just uh, introduce yourself to us and just kind of give us a little brief history about who you are and where you are now and what you've got going on? Yeah, thank you so much, David. I'm happy to happy to be on the show. Uh, so um, my name's Kyle Prezina. I'm a local singer-songwriter here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I play some music. I lead worship at a local church and uh, write songs and, and play with uh, a band and play with a duo group with my wife. And so I'm involved in several different uh, music and ministry kind of things, and especially where they where they overlap. So that's that's kind of what I do. And I got involved. Uh, with David Yock with the Parables Project via Garden City um, as he was uh, an adjunct professor for a, for a time uh, while I was at Visible Music College uh, here in Memphis. And so that's how I connected with Dave, and he had me um, become involved in the project and, and uh, do vocals for the, for, the, for the extent of the full-length project, which was a really enjoyable, cool experience. Cool. And so you uh, you had mentioned beforehand that you were originally from Wisconsin, and then you moved down there to to Memphis, and then like I did, you uh, met your wife and stayed there. Is that right? <laughs> right, and that's exactly what happened. I am I am I'm here yeah. for the long. I'm here. Yeah. So um, today we're kind of talking about you know art 
and and the role that art can play uh, in exploring scripture. Um, so I'd like to kind of focus a little bit on this on this parables project, and uh, if you, if you will, maybe you would, uh, tell us just a little bit about um, the idea of storytelling and music. We know Jesus was a storyteller, and that uh, that that storytelling uh, has played, and typically, and and most most or at least a lot of music, not not so much in modern worship music that we're used to, but uh, there's a a vast history of storytelling and music. Um, would you kind of tell us why storytelling and music are so uh, engaging? Yeah, I, I, I like how you said um, just that there's a rich history there of storytelling, especially uh, in the church and in church music based on uh, kind of Jesus Jesus's style, as you mentioned, um, and how that story was able to simultaneously let people in on some kingdom secrets, if you will, uh, and to kind of explore some deeper ideas, while at the same time, um, Jesus told these stories to kind of almost uh, weed through some of the folks who weren't ready to hear it yet. Hmm. And uh, I, I think that can be it, it's, it's, it's still fa- it's fascinating to me that he was um, that he was intentional about that, about meeting people uh, when they were ready to hear the message he was he was ready to tell them. Um, and so this album explores um, several of those parables, kind of all going along a theme of things that were buried and uh, dead and then brought back to life. Um, and I, I love how it explores those themes in a way that that does go a bit deeper, uh, no pun intended, into the stories and into what um, what the parables are are teaching uh, in perhaps a way that modern music, modern worship music particularly, um, doesn't do very often. I don't think it's any fault of uh, modern worship music to do that, but I do enjoy um, the writing uh, on this album as it as it's able to explore those those with a little bit more depth, and so it was enjoyable to, to be a part of that. Yeah, I I particularly enjoy uh, telling stories through song, and I love listening to songs and artists who use that as their as their vein. Of course, you know it kind of the it tends to be oftentimes you know sometimes country music will be a little bit more naturally bent towards telling stories through through music, but. Uh, there have been, one of my favorite songwriters is Stephen Curtis Chapman, and I think he's done a great job throughout his entire career of telling some some stories through song and right. Uh, and those are the ones, honestly, that I that I remember the most and, and kind of connect with. Um, but this this project you've worked on with Dave, the Parables Project, is uh, one that that kind of focuses on some of these stories. And uh, Dave shared with me uh, in Matthew chapter thirteen. Uh, some uh, there's a string of parables essentially that uh, that you guys have uh, focused on. Um, how did you uh, interact with those in the parables project and and bring that all together with the story of body map and issues of social justice and all of that? What what did that look like for you as a songwriter there? Yeah, um, well, for me, this was actually kind of a unique situation uh, for me as a songwriter in that I really didn't have any input into the 
the uh, the writing process of the song. That these the songs were complete when I approached okay. the project. So I was more of the vocalist, which was interesting for me because it was kind of I was able to kind of go along the journey and take the ride as more of a listener, even as I was singing through these mm. songs and learning them and getting familiar with the melodies and everything like that, getting ready to record. Uh, and so I had the unique opportunity to experience the the project to its full extent as the listener from the listener uh, perspective. That's and uh, yeah, so it was, it was really cool for me. And like you said, it's based on uh, several parables uh, that can be found kind of strung together through Matthew 13. And um, I mean, repeatedly we see things that uh, such as a seed, you know, that need to die, that need to be kind of, underground uh, to come back to life. And obviously the connection point and the, the illustration is that um, Christ uh, was put to death and with him died the, the sins of men and, and died death itself uh, to be, you know, for us to be brought back to life in Christ. And um, there's so many ways to, to continue exploring uh, that theme. And, and so each, each song definitely has a different take on that idea and plays with that idea in a different way, even uh, stylistically. Uh, it's a pretty diverse sounding album. I didn't know what to go into or what to expect going into it, um, but it um, it's it's all over the map as far as um, sound and um, even lyrical lyrical style. So um, yeah, it's it, I think people are really going to enjoy it for the storytelling aspect. Um, because, like you said, stories are uh, very easy to engage with. I think they, they're great at filling the mind with imagery, and we can plug in our own experiences into that story and connect to it in uh, perhaps a unique way from each listener, uh, each listener's perspective. So as it goes through the story, I think upon listening to the album, maybe for the second or third time, it might become even more apparent the way uh, the stories not only connect to each other, uh, but to the greater theme, and in that, how we how we can connect to that greater theme. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for what people are going to experience and as they listen to this project. Okay, but well, you kind of went there a little bit. Uh, how do how does this help us in our in our walk with God? You know, in, in engaging God's word and and how to. Uh, how do projects like this and other ones that you might be w- working on or moving towards lead us into a, a growing relationship essentially with, with God, as opposed to just kind of uh, adding some, some fluffing, maybe, you know, fluffy uh, stuffing and stuff right, on top right. of that, you know, take us, take us deeper with this, with these stories here, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I think it's very cool to me that, uh, that Jesus was not above using very much everyday sort of items and everyday experiences, especially those that were culturally relevant uh, to the time and to his audience, to further um, further plant the ideas of the kingdom into their minds. Uh, things like uh, the seed that was buried, the seed that was scattered on different soils, uh, the treasure that was hidden in a field. Um, the, per, the pearl of great value that, you know, how um, 
yeast needs to needs to die and and, and rises up again. Uh, things that were very simple and and involved in the the day to day processes and the things that were perhaps mundane um, to those who were listening. But what would what would definitely not be neglected was they would get it. You know, they would get it immediately. And I think that is something that perhaps is lost, uh, especially in um, in modern worship music. And this is just me. Uh, you know, these opinions do not reflect the greater ex- expression <laughs> of, of Garden City Project necessarily. Um, but uh, for me, I, I think something that I've that I've come to recognize lately, with kind of a shift in the um, a shift in the in the in the pendulum back towards the other side. I think lately we've we've been on the side, we've swung swung towards the side of. Um, trying to force our faces to smile every Sunday for the entire extent of that Sunday, especially during the the music time. And if we're not smiling, then we have to be making some kind of cool, uh, you know, closed eye, smolder face. (laughs) That's appropriate, you know, and that's that's what we're expected to do. But um, I think perhaps what's been lost is connecting to emotions that are that are more real, that are more accurate to what we're actually experiencing on a Sunday morning. Uh, as a worship leader, I feel um, pressure maybe sometimes to, uh, to, to perform and to be something uh, that's maybe different from what I'm feeling. But um, what, what I'm really enjoying is I'm starting to see Christian songwriters um, kind of explore that side of... Um, of Christendom, which is a little bit more real. It's a little bit more um, close to close to home, uh, close to perhaps what people would be experiencing um, for the, the audience of, of Matthew 13. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and so all that to say, all that to say, I think um, just talking together about what it's like to to feel dead and to feel buried perhaps um is not off limits i would say and I, I enjoy that it's that it's recognized as not off limits we don't have to we don't have to feel alive all the time uh, we can we can engage the rest of the story rather than just the resurrection and so this this uh, project engages the death part the the burial part uh the pain kind of of um prior to being raised up and and prior to being um, perfected. I think ultimately we're we're not perfected yet. We are living, existing, um, pilgrimaging um, in a world that's that's still fallen and still dark, and um, still a place where clarity doesn't exist in every single um, square inch of it. And so, um, I think that's I, that's probably where Jesus found um, a lot of. Uh, his success. He was hanging out with people who, who, who were, who were lost. Um, he was, he was, he came to heal the broken and not the healed. He came to heal the sick. And so he must've been somebody who was able to engage with, uh, with the darkness and with the, the pain and not just skip straight to the ending, not just skip straight to the, the resurrection. And so, um, that's, that's, uh, Probably that's something that really appeals to me about the writing um, of this project, even just from a, a, an outside perspective, getting to experience it as a non-writer 
Yeah. Well, there's so much, so much that you, you kind of covered in there, but I think that there is a lot of value and, and helping people, uh, connect with and understand and, and even dig into some of the, some of the deeper issues that we experience on a Sunday. You talked about you know, having to paint, you know, essentially paint a smile on our faces every week as worship sure. leaders and, not everyone in our congregation is feeling a smile or is going through a part of their life where they're experiencing joy and happiness. And, you know, how right. do we help those who are, who are going through the Valley, who are going through seasons of sadness and darkness and, and giving them an experience too, that helps them draw close to God through that. And so, so much, so much goodness that you shared in there. Um, if we can, though, I want to, I want to maybe turn a corner because you're also a part of a band, right? Airside. Yes, that's correct. Um, would you tell us a little bit uh, about the role you play in that and about that, and then also about being you know, a Christian and, uh, and kind of mainstream music and what that's like? Yeah, um, it's, I've, been, I've been doing this for a number of years, but I'll say that it still feels new to me. I'm still, we're still um, getting there as a band, and so Airside is a band that... Uh, by name has maybe existed for nine months or so, maybe coming up on a year. Um, we, we started the band uh, about two and a half years ago uh, uh, called The Passport. Um, and so it's kind of a rock pop sound, rock alternative, I guess, sound is what we're starting to lean towards. And so uh, started it with a group of guys um, several years ago from, well, two, two years ago from my college. Uh, met them at Visible Music College, and we came together just through a series of uh, of projects that we worked on together and decided to take it further and uh, start a band. And so <clears throat> since then, we've traveled to Europe for a tour. We've done a U.S. tour. Um, we've gotten to play a lot of cool um, venues and experiences all over the country. And uh, we, we came out with our first uh, debut EP as, as The Passport. And, and since uh, changing our name, we've released a single and are working on uh, releasing an EP in a couple of months and a full length uh, near the end of 2017. Uh, so we're wrapping all that up. And um, so that's kind of what we're doing project-wise. But as far as how it, it engages me and how I navigate that as a Christian and as a songwriter, um, it's it's a bit different than what I expected it to be. Um, well, honestly, now I can't re really remember what I <laughs> thought it was going to be right. going through it. But uh, I'll tell you, David, the biggest challenge for me um, as a creative and somebody who needs to just uh, express, especially in, in lyrical form and musically, is um, I, I, I kind of was haunted by a looming guilt uh, all the time, every time I wrote a song that ne that wasn't necessarily a God song or a gospel song, uh, you know, and I would wonder, you know, well, what's what's the place of this song? What's the place of this love song, this heartbreak song, this, I don't know, anthem empowerment, let's let's make it together song in the place, in the scheme of, in the realm of the kingdom? What is its place? And so I would find myself kind of uh, maybe at a loss of identity. Uh, at certain points uh, in the writing process, because uh, from the beginning, we set out uh, to be strictly a, uh, a secular band, if you want to use that term, um, comprised of guys who are all Christians who are pursuing Christ, but yet are producing a, um, 
a sound and a, and a lyrical product uh, whose content is um, ultimately uh, not Christian in nature. Um, the reasoning for that was um, we just knew that the, the market is such that it would assign us to a certain demographic and we would never be able to uh, serve any other demographic than that, which is, which consumes Christian music. And we, we were of the mindset, um, for us particularly, we, we wanted to reach, uh, just a different demographic, the, the world, the outside, uh, community. And, uh, I've got kind of a foot in both ponds because my wife is actually an artist as well. And she's a Christian, uh, unapologetically Christian pop contemporary, uh, Christian music artist. And so that's the audience for whom she writes, for whom she plays. And so I've gotten a chance to write for her as well. Um, but finding my way with Airside and uh, with us as a band, we've we've played in, uh, you know, we play primarily in bars and in clubs and uh, on Beale Street um, and a couple other places while we're here in Memphis. And in doing that, we meet all kinds of people, all kinds of people from all kinds of countries who believe all kinds of different things and practice different lifestyles than we're used to or than what we practice um, ourselves. And what I love about uh, being in the band, and I was talking about this with a, um, I lead worship for a uh, rehab center downtown once a week, and I was kind of sharing this um, with the guys down there this morning is, uh, one thing that I love about being in the band, as opposed to being uh, by myself, I play solo at a, at a couple of bars too, um, is I've got those guys around me and I've got them to support me um, all the time. You know, and I think there can be kind of a level of loneliness um, to being an artist, uh, especially being a Christian artist. Uh, in the secular music community, It's it's got its own challenges because... While we want to be people who are loving and we want to be a band who is loving and accepting people, we know that there's there's certain places we're not going to be able to go. There's certain things we're not going to be able to participate in. And so uh, those guys, I know they have my back all the time and I've got theirs. And so, yeah, engaging the world as Christians in a pop band um, has its own kind of challenges to it, I would say, in, in that regard. So I'm navigating that right. data, kind of learning how to do it still, yeah. definitely. Well, but it's, it is important to be, I mean, there's nothing, nothing wrong with Christian music and Christians performing Christian music. It's not a bad thing, of course. Really? No, it's, it's a good thing and it encourages the body. And I, I wholeheartedly believe um, in what it does. But at the same time, we, we need Christians who are in the secular realm and uh, and shining the light among those who don't yet believe how are we going to uh bring people into the kingdom if we never go into the darkness right i mean if we're always around people who already believe then uh what 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 are we doing to advance the mission so we need people who are going and and living among those who don't yet believe and uh, and sharing in that world and that life so it is important what you're doing and that we encourage that that we don't discourage it um but as you said, it does bring up some, you know, some challenges. And so how do you balance that then with, you know, you know, mainstream music and mainstream, you know, kind of performance life and recording 
with your role in serving the local church and and uh, worship and that how do you balance those two things right yeah no that's that's great um i find that they they converge and they switch over um pretty drastically um very often i mean it's it's not every weekend that this happened, but this this particular weekend uh, was unique in that um, I, I played a Thursday gig down on Beale Street with the guys, and then we played two casino gigs over the weekend. You know, back to back, we played a Friday night down in Tunica. You know, at Roadhouse Casino, we're playing for uh, you know all kinds of people sitting at the bar and the bartenders, and hoping that uh, we're not annoyingly loud. And we're you know we're figuring that out, playing Michael Jackson, playing. Rolling Stones and all kinds of stuff just to just to be that function, and uh, you know we're playing out there till two in the morning, get roll on home, get you know crawl into bed by four thirty a.m. and then seven o'clock I'm up uh, on stage setting up, kind of transitioning my mind um, to to working with the the church organist and the pastor, and it's it's a mental switch that happens pretty much every weekend for me. Um, and so I think this, this, um, this week was, was, uh, was one of those that I had to, that I had to kind of never turn it off. It was, it was always, it was kind of going, but, um, but I think something that I've realized about, about, um, performing and worship leading is, is that though there is some overlap, um, there's definitely a profound difference, I think, in um, in the functions that we're that we're serving, um, but that that really can only be recognized um, from a from a, a place of being in the Word and 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 in a in a biblical understanding of of what worship is, because while I'm uh, while I'm on Beale Street, I think. My function as a musician is is really just to change the energy in the room and to try to try to cause people to feel something, right? And as as a worship leader, I think it's my temptation to take on that exact mentality when I'm in the sanctuary uh, with a different color carpet and maybe a little bit more gray on people's heads and a little bit nicer clothing and a little less smoke. But I can uh, right. But I can. Um, it's difficult for me to recognize that it's not my job uh, in that space to to merely change people's feelings and affect their emotions. Uh, I'm not saying that emotions have no place in a worship setting, but at the same time, um, it's humbling for me to remember that it's not my gestures and it's not my face, you know, my facial expressions as we were talking about before, and it's not my playing um, that are that are causing worship to happen. Um, it's it's the Holy Spirit, it's the Word of God uh, written carefully, thoughtfully into the songs that I'm singing. Um, and uh, ultimately it's the choice of the of the person. It's the choice of the the member of the congregation. Um, should have every opportunity to engage with the Lord through the Holy Spirit and through the scriptures, but they, uh, at the end of the day, they don't have to. 
Um, and, and, and so I've, I've felt, I'll be honest with you, I've felt some pressure to make that happen. Like, you know, it's my job to make that interaction take place between God and this person, you know, the person in the pew to be the liaison between, uh, the spiritual and, and the person. But, um, something that's caused uh, a great peace, uh, and has kind of let me off the hook is, um, kind of coming to realize that, uh, that if somebody doesn't choose to worship it, it, it may, it may just be their heart, you know, and it may be something between them and, and God. And, um, and what's also been enjoyable is, is taking the opportunity, even though I'm, I might be the one on the stage and I, be, I might be the one that, that put some of the songs together and, and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I've really enjoyed just being able to worship, uh, worship the Lord myself, um, in that time. Uh, and instead of feel like there's this incredible weight to accomplish some, some great thing. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, we're, we're all on the same page, man, that I'm so thankful for the Lord who's redeemed me. And, and I still, I, I, I fall as much as the, as the next guy in, in not being perfect. But, um, but the Lord, uh, the Lord opens his arms to, to letting us come forward to worship. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, that's, that's kind of the way it affects me on a, on a Sunday morning. Um, but then rather, uh, in the middle of, um, in the middle of these other places, uh, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, I'm, I'm confronted with, uh, people who, who are real different than me, um, playing late at night at these, at these clubs and these bars. And, and that's when I, I think find more challenge because being at home in my home church, uh, among some, some great friends worshiping the Lord together amongst brothers and sisters, that's easy. That's safe. Um, I know, I know what to do in those scenarios and I know who I am because I'm being encouraged by the word. And that's, you know, that's a sunny day for me, but then being, uh, being in the midst of a culture that I'm not familiar with, you know, of, of, uh, of folks that are that are different from me, that's when I wonder, okay, when did Jesus cross the line? When did he, when did he go from being a guy who was great to hang out with and, and a guy who apparently was invited to these parties? So he might he must not have been so terrible. Right, right. <laughs> but um, when did he when did he make the switch? When did he say, okay, you know, I've I've talked with you guys and I've I've hung out with you long enough. I need to tell you the truth now. Mm-hmm. That to me is the challenge. That to me is the thing that I'm still engaging with, um, still even talking to my bandmates about. I'm like, you know, if this comes up in conversation, what do you say? What do I say um, to the person who, who struggles with alcohol but seems to not uh, not feel any remorse for it or, or um, struggles with this kind of lifestyle or this kind of habit or, or – um, is this way, when, when do we speak up? When do we speak up for the gospel and for the kingdom? That to me is the hard part. Um, and I won't say that I've, uh, you know, I've got the secret sauce to, (laughs) to to engaging that. So yeah, being, being completely honest with you there. Well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think that's probably the struggle that a lot of our people feel, not just, 
not just you know in the in the creative world but just in in day-to-day life and work life you know how do you when you're working alongside non-believers on a day-by-day basis how do you take that step you know cross that line you know so to speak it's at, at some point you know we have to go from you know just being a good friend and trying to uh you know be there for people and like you said tell them the truth you know what when do we when do we tell them the truth and i think that's something that a lot of people wrestle with but it's also something that at some point in time we need to figure out how to how to do yes. that and yes and uh so but it's it's honestly it's encouraging to hear you struggle with that because i think a lot of us struggle with that and feel that same tension and aren't always we feel like we feel like we're failing because we're not able to to step across that line and share the truth but um I think it'll come in time as we build those relationships and get to know people and and so on. Yeah, you know, I like that you that you said that. I think today's culture, um, and maybe it's always been this way, or maybe we're just now figuring it out, or or, or maybe maybe it's a cop out. I don't know, but <laughs> maybe, maybe today's culture does um, kind of require a relationship to be there. And then maybe after that's established, people will be open to hearing what we have to say. But like you said, at some point, we do need to figure out um, how it is we're going to present that truth. Because ultimately, we can be nice uh, without being loving, I think. Because the loving thing, if I truly believe um, that Christ is life and that he offers life to the fullest, then the, the most loving thing I can do, um, aside from just... just uh, you know, making small talk with that person is to tell them of that greater truth and, and, and start to explain our identity as, as creatures, as creations, um, with the creator. And yeah, that is the hard part, but it's, it's something that I'm, that I haven't given up on and I've found success. I've found victories along the way. Um, but it's, uh, it's not, that's not always the case. Sometimes I, I see that opportunity pass me by, and I wonder uh, what it was, you know, that was holding me back from saying that. And then sometimes on the flip side, I think sometimes I uh, maybe carry that burden a little bit too heavy on my shoulders. And and uh, it happens, uh, I find sometimes it happens naturally where, where maybe it was um, after several times of hanging out with that person, it, it just they seek it out in me and they ask, you know, well, what is it, what is it you believe in? They, I don't have to start anything because they, they're, I, I believe that, that all of us are looking for God. We're looking for God in the world and we're, um, we're looking for a relationship with God. Um, maybe, maybe we don't know it. Maybe we don't know it before that, but, uh, don't, I don't want to discount, um, God's, place in that that whole interaction i believe that he is drawing those to himself that he wants to be in relationship with him and and, and i believe he wants all of his creatures to all of his people uh, to be in relationship with him so sometimes uh sometimes it it, it happens a little bit more easily right. and of course i i covet those yeah. those times yeah for sure well we're just about out of time here um if you would really quickly before we we kind of sign off, would you tell people how they can uh, go be in touch with you and stay uh, stay up to date with what you've got going on and you know maybe hear some of your music or those kinds of things? Just kind of give our listeners a, a a landing zone, so to speak, to go find out more about you and the work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me personally, I uh, I keep a blog 
on my website, which is kyleprezinamusic.com. And if you want to follow my band, uh, we have a website also, and it is weareairside.com. And you can find us uh, at that username, one word, weareairside, all over different social media sources. And likewise, you can find me as a solo artist, as a songwriter. Um, Kyle Perzina is my username across all different platforms. And so those are probably the two best ways to reach out to me and keep up with what I do. Okay. One lot do give you the last word, any encouraging words for uh, our artists that are out there that may be feeling the same pressures you're feeling? Sure. I mean, for artists that are out there that are feeling that pressure, as well as people who who might not be in the artistic field, but might just be in the workforce, but as a Christian, um, don't bear the burden alone. Uh, you're you're among good company, and we're we're struggling this in, in this thing together. And we've got this awesome thing called the Holy Spirit inside us that's uh, that's empowering us to be Christ-like. It's it's not me and it's not you. It's Christ working in us. So I mean, whether it's whether it's uh, a day job or a nine to five or making coffee or, or writing a document or playing a song or whatever it is, I, I believe we can do it to the best of our ability to the glory of God and, um, and still please him and still reach the, reach the world. I think it can all happen as we lean on each other and as we lean on Christ. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's do it together. Great. Well, thanks Kyle. We really appreciate your time today and I uh, hope we get to talk to you again soon and, hear more about what you're doing and the, the way that uh, you're working through this like we are. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, David. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for your time on the podcast today. Um, lots of great information there and just appreciate your perspective on everything we talked about. I really uh, appreciated talking about just, you know, some of the, uh, the struggle, maybe not the right word, but just the tension between working and living in the secular music realm and at the same time showing up on Sunday morning to lead worship and the contrast, the uh, paradox that that is. Um, I know there are probably a lot of our listeners who feel the same thing. Hopefully, actually, I hope there are many of our listeners who are experiencing some of the same challenges because I think it is a, a great thing for us as followers of Jesus Christ, to be out among those who don't know and don't believe yet and, and what Jesus Christ has done for them. And um, if it's not us, then that's going to go into the darkness and into those places and share the love of Christ with them, then who is it going to be? And the artists and the musicians and uh, the creatives who are out there that are doing their art for different reasons at the this present moment that don't know that there's a bigger reason why they were created— uh, if if we can just build relationships with them, encourage them, and love them by being out among them, I think that's a great thing. So I really appreciate Kyle sharing some of that. It will come with challenges. It will uh, come with struggles, and uh, we have to be prepared for that. We have to be walking with Christ in a way that we can sustain that kind of uh, interaction. But if we are, if we're, if we're living as true followers of Jesus Christ, and our goal and our mission is to go in there and love them, and encourage them and hopefully shine the light of Jesus Christ uh, to them, then then I think we are set up for success. But uh, thanks for your time today, Kyle, and uh, just encourage you to go check out more about what he's got going on there. Um, 
We would love for you to uh, take part in some of the projects we've got going on at Worship Ministry Catalyst and uh, in partnership with Garden City Project. And so um, if you would, we would love for you to go over to that projects tab on our website, worshipministrycatalyst.com, and see what's going on there. You can get involved in a project there on, on but just by going to that page. And um, we're, we're wanting to do something uh, creative. And so uh, hopefully we can help be a part of facilitating some of that creativity around across the country, around the world, and maybe you can be a part of that. And so um, if you've got an idea that's something you want to do with the book of the Bible or creating something um, for the cause of social justice or along those lines, we'd love for you to be a part of that or share that with us. Or maybe you've already done something and you'd just like to get the word out. We'd love to know that as well. Today, we've got a free giveaway uh, for you through the Garden City Project, and that's a free book of John and the Hero eBook. Um, if you would leave an Amazon review, you can get a free copy of that, and you can go to GardenCityProject.com slash the press to find out that information. And if you'd like more information on the Parables Project from today, go to GardenCityProject.com slash parables, and you can find out more information about it, as well as get that free Hero Children's book and a free single from the Parables upcoming release. So I would love for you to take advantage of those two opportunities and uh, spread the word on those as well. Thanks for listening today. You can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, and uh, send an email to kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. He's not here, but I'm still going to send emails his direction instead of mine because he's much better at it than I am. And as always, we appreciate your review on iTunes. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.